Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello there, America. It's Eric Erickson. How are y'all doing today? The phone number, you want to be on the program? 877-973-7425. So, okay, um, can I pull back the curtains just a little bit? And I've mentioned this before. Um, I have... An extraordinary listenership nationwide, and um, it's a lot of it is live streaming, and I am more and more apprehensive to a degree. Uh, and I actually, I I should say this: I don't care, but I do sometimes worry that some of you care that I might spend too much time talking about my home state of Georgia. And I don't really care about it because it literally is like ground zero for swing state uh, America in the midterms. But sometimes I'm, I'm like, I, look, I know I've got right now, I'm looking at the numbers right now. I got 30 people in Singapore. It's like one o'clock in the morning in Singapore. And I got 30 people in Singapore listening to me right now. Do they really care about Georgia? Oh, you should care about this story. <laughs> it is schadenfreudelicious. You should care. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't even got to the story and it's already making me laugh. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Are you all ready for this? You better sit down because it's a good one. This comes from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can't really call it the Journal-Constitution when it's giving you gems like this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Guess what, America? Stacey Abrams has a problem with black voters. <laughs> yes. Yes, she does. I've been telling people this. I've been saying, listen, anecdote is in evidence. But when I travel the state of Georgia, the reaction about Stacey Abrams outside of Metro Atlanta black women is not good. It is not good. I will tell you as an aside, I know a lady she, I, well, I, I don't want to go into details because she may be listening and it would cause me trouble. I'll just say, I know a lady. She's heavily involved in politics in the African-American community. And she did not realize I was your host until she realized it. And the change of the tone and tenor of her conversation was notable when she was being rather reasonable about Stacey Abrams. And then it dawned on her that I was me. And I mean, switch flip. No, 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 not what you're thinking. She went from very reasonable, yeah, she has some problems, and she did this, that, too, when she realized I was yours truly, the radio shows, highly defensive of Stacey Abrams. Highly defensive. Y'all, she's got a problem. And it's a problem that she alone does not have. But she is the greatest national example. 
which is why I feel no guilt whatsoever spending time on this story. Because the Democrats nationwide have the problem Stacey Abrams has, but she has it worse than everybody other than probably Kamala Harris. Um, black men don't like Stacey Abrams. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh my God, I've been warned this was going to happen. And I'm like, no, you're nuts. No way. Nope. Stacey Abrams has a problem with black women. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, let's be honest here. So let, let, let's, let's, let's step back from racial politics and let's us misogyny ourselves just with the gender politics. <laughs> my wife says all the time, if given the option of working with a group of women or a group of men, she would far prefer to work with a group of men because women working together, it very often does not go well. They get snippy with each other. They clash. Unless I'm just reporting, but in conversations with other women beyond my wife, same thing. Don't mind a female boss, but when you get a group of women together collaboratively, it's like group work in high school. It's not a good thing. Well, black women, but more specifically black men, she's got a bigger issue with black men. They're rather put off by the queen. Now, I say the queen because you need to understand behind the scenes, when you talk to Democrats in Georgia, particularly those in the state legislature, they refer to Stacey Abrams as queen. See, for those of you who don't know, in 2018, Abrams needed to run as something. She couldn't just run as a state house representative running for Georgia governor. I mean, you've got the secretary of state of the state of Georgia, a statewide constitutional officer running for governor against someone who represents a house seat. So she was the Senate mayor of the house minority leader in Georgia. So they referred to her as leader Abrams. Mein Führer. Uh, <laughs> it didn't work. And they finally given it up now. She's no longer the leader. They call her behind the scenes, and they mean it pejoratively. More than one Democrat in the state legislature in Georgia has, to me, referred to her as queen. <laughs> it was like the Babylon Bee story the other day. Stacey Abrams regretfully announces she will step aside from the gubernatorial race to serve as queen of England. <laughs> she has a problem. Black men don't want to be bossed around by Stacey Abrams. But wait, there's more. Brian Kemp now has something Stacey Abrams does not have. A record. Stacey Abrams has rhetoric. Brian Kemp has a record. And the record is very favorable. Did you know Brian Kemp? has appointed more non-white judges and district attorneys in the state of Georgia than any of his Republican predecessors and most of his Democratic predecessors. That's right. And you know, I had been thoroughly dismissive of this all along, saying it's not going to help him. It's not going to help him. It, it has helped him. He's not viewed as threatening in the black community. 
More importantly, the Democrats have embraced not individualism, self-help, but individuality, radical expressions of individuality. Stacey Abrams herself has embraced this, and this is where it becomes interesting at a national level. Democrats believe in the collective, that we're all in this together. We all belong to the state. We all do this, that, and the other. But people are individuals, and so the way the Democrats have tried to blend a collectivism and social policy with people's desire to be unique is to embrace radical individuality. Republicans tend to embrace radical individualism where you take care of yourself and the government stays out of the way. Democrats have embraced radical individuality where you stand out individually while being part of the collective. So you can pick your pronouns. You get to be born gay or straight, but you get to pick your gender. And your gender, well, it can change. They haven't quite gotten to picking your race yet, but it's only a matter of time. You get this radical individuality to express yourself in a way that makes you distinctively unique inside the collective. And the Democrats have embraced that. The Democrats have embraced this radical individuality, not individualism. The problem is that as they do that, and their voters do that, some of their voters decide to express their individuality by saying, I'm voting Republican. I identify as a he, him, Republican, black male. I'm not voting for Abrams. It's blowing up in their face, this individuality, radical expression, all these he, him, black Republican males, they're causing problems for the Democrats. And the she, hers, the, 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 the she, hers are starting to have problems too with Abrams. She's a little too bossy for him. She's a little too preachy. People call me preachy. <laughs> Reverend Abrams and Reverend Warnock, they're not doing so well. Abrams came within 55,000 votes of Kemp in 2018. Now she can't even get black voters to vote for her. Now, in fairness, she's got 79% of the black vote. And you think, what, Erickson, what the hell are you doing? She's got 79%, of that. that's a problem. Because Democrats tend to get 89% of the black vote in Georgia. So she's lost 10%. She's lost 10%. And if you just look at men, if you just look at men, those misogynistic, bigoted, democratic black men, Kemp's getting about a third of them. Kemp is getting a third of them. Black men have been put off by Abrams. They like Kemp. I got to tell you, here's why they like Kemp. It's the reason my wife likes Brent. My wife doesn't like any politician. My wife does not like politicians. They're literally... The only politician in America my wife genuinely likes is Brian Kemp. No offense to all of my friends who are in politics, who my wife does like you. I don't want you to think she doesn't like you, but she genuinely like really has a soft spot for Brian Kemp more than anyone else. And it's because she says he's just a regular dude. Like you meet him, you would never know he was the governor of the state of Georgia. He just wants to hang out, have a good conversation. He's kind of all shucks country. And my wife adores that, absolutely adores that this is a man 
who, if he lost tomorrow, would still be a normal, regular guy. Being in politics doesn't seem to have changed him. It has changed Stacey Abrams. It has changed Stacey Abrams in such a negative way that even black men are turned off on her now. Black women are turned off on her. Yes, she's getting a majority. It's what you would expect. They're still Democrat, but she's losing so many of them that it's going to cost her the election. Brian Kemp is getting overall 10% of black voters. In 2018, he got 3%. Black men do not vote as high a rate as black women. I mean, it, it's matter orders of magnitude more. And Kemp's getting a third of the black men. This is a problem for Democrats nationally with the Hispanic community as well. And interestingly enough, it's Hispanic women. Hispanic women are moving to the right quicker than Hispanic men. Black men are moving to the right and Hispanic women are moving to the right. And the reason has everything to do with the same issues drawing non-college educated white voters to the GOP. Crime, the border, the economy, inflation, and schools. I'm running short on time here, but I have to make this point, and this is where I need your attention, particularly if you're a Republican in Georgia. Black men and Hispanic women want their next generation, their children, to exceed their own lives. And they know to do that, their children need the best education possible. And black men across surveys across this nation, Hispanic women across surveys across this nation, are identifying the Republican Party as the party that will help their kids get ahead in life because of school choice. And if you're a Republican in Georgia, you should dwell on that point because none of you really oppose or none of you really support school choice. You kill it every time it comes to the legislature. Brian Kemp, if you're listening, you want to solidify the Republicans in Georgia? You push school choice. Black men and Hispanic women want school choice, and they know Stacey Abrams and the Democrats around the country are not giving it to them and therefore are depriving their children of a solid future. You want to change the entire dynamics in Georgia not to be a swing state? Your state where you're listening right now that's controlled by Republicans, that's a swing state, you want to change it and lock it in for the GOP the way Florida did? School choice. Black men understand where they are and where their children could go with a good education. Hispanic women understand that as well. And together, they've shifted to Brian Kemp in Georgia and to Ron DeSantis in Florida and to Republicans nationwide. And if you deliver for them, you're going to get their votes for the next generation. But you got to deliver on school choice. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Now, listen to me here. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but if you're in Portland, Maine, if you're in Orlando, Florida, if you're in Salem, Oregon, it doesn't matter. They want to help your business grow. They've been doing this since the 90s, and they can help your business grow. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, expanding a franchise, if you need access to capital, 
First Liberty might be able to help you. They only do deals $750,000 or more. Why? Because they're high-class people who do high-class deals. I know the family. They're great people. Reach out to them at firstlibertyga.com. Firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. I want to go to the phones here. Uh, I got time to squeeze in one phone call here. DJ, you're going to be up next. Welcome, DJ. How are you? How you doing? I'm a first-time caller. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I was just listening to your subject about, you know, why black voters vote for, or like, uh, stop voting Democrats. Uh, I used to vote Democrat probably like five years ago. And then what I, one thing I noticed when I lived in a Democratic state is this: every time you turn around, they, they like to do things their way. But what happens is, uh, you know, it seems like the state seems to just go downhill. So the reason why I'm voting for Brian Kemp this year, and I voted for him last year, I mean, the last uh, election, mm-hmm. but um, the reason why I'm voting for him is because, uh, you know, the state is running good. Things going on, they seem like they're on the right track. You know, every time you push for change or something like that, it's most time because uh, the politicians switch their message once they get up in office. So, yeah, they, they do. And Democrats, of course, they want to raise taxes on everybody. And in Georgia, increasingly, because the Democratic Party is so focused on the metro Atlanta area, they've ignored the rest of the state. Kemp has actually brought a lot of jobs. So for those of you not in Georgia, like, you know, in Florida, everybody talks about the I-4 corridor. In Georgia, you got I-20. And most of the state population lives above I-20, runs straight through Atlanta, across North Georgia. And then you got other people south of I-20, and it gets increasingly rural. You got some cities. You got Macon, Columbus, Valdosta. You've got uh, Savannah, but a lot of the state is rural. And those rural areas, big counties, not a lot of infrastructure, very poor. Kemp has been bringing jobs to those areas. And that's mattered so, so much that he's brought jobs to those areas. You drive I-75 south of Atlanta, head towards Florida, dodge the Floridians moving slow in the fast lane, and you see new warehousing infrastructure, you see new buildings being built, you see expansions in areas that had been very rural. The state is growing. They put in high-speed internet infrastructure. They're building new roads. I wish they would embrace toll lanes uh, through there to be able to move people faster to get to the coast or the mountains. I think that Georgia should expand its use of toll lanes like Florida has. But the state's developing under Kemp, and they've got a massive budget surplus that only Stacey Abrams wants to um, wants to spend uh, and spend badly. So it matters greatly. When we come back, we got to talk about the Federal Reserve. 877-973-7425 is the number. It is Eric Erickson here. You're listening nationwide. You can always go to EWErickson.com and get the live stream if you need it. Sorry, I'm tweeting. The tweet, the people who think boys can spontaneously become girls are not down with the science of heartbeats. Surprise, Stacey Abrams has managed to step in it again, and my goodness gracious, the entirety of the left-wing media is coming to her defense uh, rather ignorantly, which is, um, I mean, obviously I'm not surprised by that, but so here is Stacey Abrams. Uh, as some sort of the, the RNC is pushing this out. Listen to this. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. 
a manufactured sound. It, 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 it's not, it's not, let me explain to you what's going on. You, you know the, you hear, if you've had children and you've gone to your wife's ultrasound, you hear that sound. A child, and by the way, I suggest you follow me on Twitter at EW Erickson because I just retweeted a doctor explaining this, uh, Pradeep Shankar, uh, who is explaining how all of this works as the um, fetal heartbeat, Glenn Kessler, the fact checker at the new at the Washington Post, says it's not really a heartbeat. Let me explain to you what's happening when you go into your ultrasound and at six weeks a heartbeat is detected. Yes, there is the sound. But the ultrasound's not detecting the electrical activity. Now, this is where the progressives are doing their sleight of hand, and this is very important because a lot of them are now citing an NPR article that was a pushback against the Georgia fetal heartbeat bill that passed, saying it's not really a heartbeat, except it is. Because it is about six weeks that the cardiac tissue in the baby begins to generate an electrical pulse. And that embryological heart, the cardiac muscles that are turning fully into the heart begin to contract. They begin to move inward and they begin to move outward. That's how you define a beat. Like if you put your hand on your heart right now, put your hand on your heart. Assuming you have one, if you, you have, you, you're, you're not yet out of law school, so you can still find your heartbeat. You've still got a heart. You feel the beat. That's an electrical pulse. You know, people who, it goes haywire, they put in a pacemaker that can zap it. It's an electrical pulse. It begin, That electrical pulse begins at about six weeks. So, yes, in the same way you don't have a full brain, you don't have full toes and hands, you don't have a full heart at six weeks, but the electrical pulse begins. And at about 10 weeks, the valves begin to develop. It's the exact same beat from that at six weeks to what you have now. The cardiac tissue begins to contract. That's how you measure a beat. To this day, when you feel your heart beat, you're feeling the electrical impulse causing the cardiac tissue to contract. And for Stacey Abrams the left to deny this is to deny basic biological science. These, of course, are the people who think a boy can spontaneously become a girl. They don't care about the science anymore. They care about their narrative. And their narrative is that, oh, I don't know when life begins. When the baby goes home from the hospital and you change his first diaper, I guess that's when life begins. Because life is kind of crap and, well, that's where it happens. You need to understand, this is basic science. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I know scientists. I'm not a doctor, but I know doctors. I'm not a biologist, but I did get an A in biology in college. The cardiac impulse, that electrical pulse, begins about six weeks. The cardiac tissue begins to contract and pulse. And when you're hearing that in the ultrasound, well, yes, it's a manufactured sound. The ultrasound is not hearing a heartbeat what it's hearing is the rhythmic movement of the cardiac and the distance between generates a sound for purposes of the machine that you can kind of hear the 
but that's the machine generating a sound. To that extent, Stacey Abrams is right. The sound is being generated by a machine. It's not a sound being generated for men to control your body, as Stacey Abrams uh, said. It's a sound to represent the distance between the cardiac tissue expanding and contracting, expanding and contracting, and the machine picks up that and translates it into a sound. The contraction and the expansion does not itself generate a sound. The machine does to represent what's going on, but you can see it happening. And the machine is not manufacturing that sleight of hand. It's actually happening. There's actually a cardiac electrical impulse. Life has begun to the extent that that body inside a woman is generating an electrical impulse, an electrical pulse that causes the contraction and the expansion of cardiac tissue that from six weeks to 10 weeks will begin to grow and develop fully into what you and I recognize as a heart. And the very same pulse, that electrical impulse that begins at six weeks that Stacey Abrams says is manufactured, that very same pulse is the same pulse you feel when you put your hand on your heart and you feel it beating. That Pulse began when you were six weeks old, roughly. To say it's not life, and this is the thing that the Democrats try their very best to avoid on this issue, to say it's not life is a lie. That clump of cells, whatever it is, it's generating an electrical impulse on its own to contract and expand cardiac tissue. It's not the mom doing it. It's that clump of cells. It's that life, that life doing it. And the Democrats want you to use clump of cells because they don't want to engage with the fact that it's a life because then you have to answer the question, if it's a life, if it's a human life, should we kill it? Some Democrats will say, yes, it can't survive outside the womb. We have to value the mother's life above the life of of the child in utero. Those are all arguments to have, but they want to avoid having that argument, and it makes you wonder why. But the fact checkers are trying to have Stacey Abrams back on this, and they can't scientifically do it unless they really truly want to believe that it's not a life. And they really, truly want to believe boys can spontaneously become girls. What they've tried to do to embrace their narrative is to shut science down. Say what you will about the Christian religion. They love to throw out Galileo being punished. They've misrepresented the whole narrative of Galileo in the, in the um, Earth-centric solar system and the heliocentric solar system. It was pretty well settled even before Galileo that the Earth was moving around the sun. They've tried to revise that so that they can claim that Christians are hostile to science. But actually, in the grand history of things, modern progressivism has been way more hostile to basic science than Christians have ever been. And that's actually a fact in history. Now, I want to go back to the phones. Pam, welcome to the show, Pam. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you? Good. What's going on? Good. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. And I absolutely, you're welcome. Love the show. And I wanted to call because I am very upset about um, Stacey Abrams and what she's saying about uh, women's right to choose, which is fine with me if they want to choose. I have no problem with that. But just stating that life, you know, does not or, or 
life doesn't occur at uh, inception or conception, rather, I don't agree with. Also, too, with you were just mentioning uh, men, being, you know, boys becoming girls, things of that nature, and uh, the uh, Democrat agenda, I just do not agree with. And if I didn't state the fact that I'm a, a black um uh, African American. I apologize. I'm a little nervous. Um, African American uh, female. Thank you. African American female. I'm 51 and a longtime Democrat, and was because really because of my parents. To be honest with you, um, we moved to Georgia in 2009, and I know I'm kind of touching on different things, but because you talked about a little different, you know, different things. But I love Brian Kemp. My husband does as well. He has done wonderful things for Georgia. When we first moved here. Uh, George was in the midst of a terrible recession mm-hmm. and he has done great things. And I would really, I'm at the point now really where I would like to change parties. So, well, you, you know, you, you can always do that, but um, we, we, <laughs> Republicans have some crazies too. I'll tell you that. But I, you know, I, I, you, you say that um, you, you, you did it because your parents, my dad's dad was a uh, union organizer in South Florida, he was from Sweden. I have uh, memories mm-hmm. of my grandfather when he was very old. He was in a wheelchair. He had an accident. He was a steel worker and was in an accident. It was mostly in a wheelchair as he got older. But my dad tells the story that when he was younger, my grandfather would take all of the kids old enough to vote to go to the polls. And because he was somewhat disabled, would take advantage of it and stay in the ballot box as he ensured that all of his kids, and he had like 10, 12 kids that all of them made, he made sure they all voted Democrat or else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was only late, later in life that, that my mom and my dad, both being in the South, grew up Democrats. They became Republicans. Um, that's such a generational thing. And you know what's so interesting, Pam, is that I think this is more and more happening as well as, as we're a more mobile society. You're more likely now to move away from where your parents lived as a kid and develop your own views. And, and yes. Just mm-hmm. as some conservatives mm-hmm. see their kids go off and they go off the left wing deep end, a lot of liberals see their kids become conservative. Um, I got a That's friend true. of mine. I, I, I'll, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. I'll leave you with this one. I've got a dear friend of mine. Okay. Whose parents were anti nuclear activists during the Reagan era. They they would lay in the streets to block traffic into nuclear power plants. They would protest the military at bases. They would take the kids and their son, who is their youngest child, is now one of the the upper echelon leaders of the right wing conspiracy. And it's hilarious. He's he's pro nuke, pro military, pro conservative. And of course, his parents they love him, but they're also deeply appalled that their kid grew up to be uh, someone who supports nuclear power, nuclear weapons, and and Ronald Reagan and conservatives. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one Just, last thing, if I might yeah, add. Sure. Yeah, I do believe in, pro, uh, yes, I do believe in what you were uh, speaking about with choice uh, for mm-hmm. schools as well. And because my kids went to the um, school as well, private school. And it would have been great if they had been able to have, this is in Florida, and they did have options there too as well, but I was fortunate enough to get them in private school. And I have grandchildren now that I am, honest to God, I'm, I'm very fearful of them getting into the public school system because of mm-hmm. what they're teaching. Um, I have a really good friend who, um, her daughter went to Duke University. You mentioned that earlier. And she graduated, I mean, top of her class, and now she's, definitely gone way left and her mm-hmm. mom is we are definitely conservative even though we're both democrat we may not agree on everything but she doesn't agree on that you know so she's 
yeah, she's definitely changed since she left. You know, so. Republicans in Georgia nationwide, they would just be foolish not to finally fully embrace school choice like Arizona and Florida have mm-hmm. done. Um, they really right. need to. I, I hope they're listening. Pam, listen, it was great talking to you. Thank you for calling. I told you not to be thank nervous. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thank you. You have Bye-bye. a great day. Thanks so much. That was a great call. Um, y'all don't need to be nervous. It's just me. It's just me. Now, Pam's right, and I hope people listen to her, and particularly I, I hope Republicans listen on, on that school bit, but Abrams, I don't know, a buddy of mine just texted me this. Uh, while I'm sitting here talking, I'm sorry, Charlie, I do have opened my text message program. Uh, the Democratic Party of Georgia sent out a flyer paid for uh, by the Georgia Federal Elections Committee of the Democratic Party of Georgia here it is. Herschel Walker wants to ban abortion, even in cases of rape, incest, or to protect a woman's life. And it's all about it. Uh, the bottom line, Herschel Walker, no choice, no exceptions, no matter what. Uh, they are going after him. The, the Democrats have made their closing argument about abortion. Republicans are making their closing argument about the economy. And I think the Republicans' argument is the one that's going to win the day. I think it's notable. You know, Stacey Abrams has been spinning. Hang on here. I just got this. Um just got this. She's spending $2 million a week on advertisements in Georgia. Brian Kemp isn't even spending a million dollars. And he keeps going up in the polls. A lot of Republicans are out there. Why aren't you spending money? Brian? You never spend. Here's what you need to understand that they know. It doesn't matter at this point. The airwaves are so saturated and people know Stacey Abrams so well and they know Kemp so well. She's not persuading anyone. She's not persuading anyone. I hope they spend some money on my radio stations, buy some airtime on my TV stations that 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 are my parent company owns. It would be good for all of us, but they don't really have to if they don't want to. I think he's got it locked in. What you don't have locked in probably is your retirement with the markets the way they are. My goodness gracious. Uh, look at the Dow as well. It's kind of recovered now. It was down almost over 100. NASDAQ's down 147. The Dow down 27. If you're thinking about how can you deal with all this and you're Curious about physical gold and silver, not ETFs, but actual real gold and silver. Reach out to my friends at Gold Coast, see if they can help you. Call them at 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at Goldco. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation, wild stock market swings. They want to help you. See if they're a good fit for you. 855-904-5933. You can also text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, and I'll send you their number back. Oof. A friend of mine texted me during the commercial break and said, you know, the irony here is Stacey Abrams would probably be governor today if the number of black children aborted since 1973 didn't exist and they actually were alive today in Georgia. Yep, Um, hundreds of thousands of children in the black community aborted since 1973 who would otherwise be around to vote for Stacey Abrams. Not here now. Interesting. Okay. I got to move on from that topic, controversial topic there. I keep telling you we're going to talk about it. I promise I got to talk about the Fed because there's a lot of news there that you need to know. I want to bring you up to speed on this. There's so I told you today was one of those days. Where do you start? There's so much stuff. But I got to answer a question, and it is a question that has come up. 
and I am the person who would know? Yes. The answer is yes, yes, if you haven't in the last year. What is he talking about? If you didn't upgrade to the iPhone 13 Pro last year, upgrade to the 14 Pro this year. I don't necessarily think you need to upgrade from the 13 Pro to the 14 Pro iPhone, but if you got the 12 or less, yeah, it's a pretty significant upgrade. And, and listen, I upgrade every year, so I had the 13 Pro, and now I got the 14 Pro. And my 14 Pro has an always on screen. Now, I realize those of you in Android have always had this on always on screen, except Apple's done it kind of in a very apple way where it's the full screen and it's the colors and everything. It's not just this monochromatic uh, display. It, it it dims itself, but it's still very readable. It's kind of awkward because I'm used to not having it on. I don't know that I like having my screen all the time. I look at it like, what have I done? But it's good. But I will tell you this. If you have the AirPods Pro or you have the AirPods or you have the AirPod Max, you need to upgrade to the AirPod Pro 2. You need to upgrade to the AirPod Pro 2. I'm telling you, I don't care if you bought AirPod Pros six months ago. Go buy the new ones. They come out tomorrow, and I'm telling you, you're going to want to get the brand new AirPods Pro. The noise cancellation on these is incredible, but what's even better is the transparency mode, where when you use the transparency mode, it weeds out the background noise and highlights the coverage. I don't know how they did this. This is magic. This is magic. So if you're on an airplane and you put on noise-canceling headphones, you still kind of hear the engine noise or the hum on a plane. Not with these bad boys. You don't do that. And when you turn on, like, to transparency to talk to your neighbor with the men, you're not hearing all the airplane. I don't know how they did it. It's incredible. These things are worth the money. Best headphones ever. The AirPod Pros 2, literally the best headphones ever.